0: What is good, y'all? It is your boy, Jonathan Dumont, again, here to talk to you about Magic Mind. Now, listen, I have been using Magic Mind for three, maybe four weeks now. I can't remember. And it's still holding up, y'all. My productivity is it's still solid i am less stressed uh, much more focused all of those things and i was looking up some of the ingredients again because i'm like yo is this really working is this in my head what's going on um and one of the ingredients in there is something that's called bacopa mani it's a herb it really really helps reduce um inflammation boost brain function and some studies show it really helps with ADHD symptoms um, and prevent anxiety and stress and lower those blood pressure. And I'm black, so you know um, there is like you know hypertension runs in my family too. So there are a lot of benefits to um, of these ingredients in Magic Mind, and I'm figuring out that it's not just in my head. And you know what? I still have that code for y'all because my, my my boys over at Magic Mind have been so kind to give me that. If you head over to magicmind.co, that's magicmind.co slash duma, um, and input the code duma 20 you can go ahead and take advantage of that. 20% off a one-time purchase, and hey, if you don't like it, off of that first purchase, there is a money-back guarantee. No questions asked, y'all. So go ahead, check it out. I love it, Um, and let me know how it's working out for you. I would love to hear from you. All right, y'all, let's get to this conversation. What is good, y'all? It is your boy, Jonathan Dumas. So good to be back with you all again. Uh, This is Highly Visible and a Little Misunderstood, and this is your Highly Visible topic, or I guess this week, topics of the week. Uh, Just as a quick update, I know last week, our main topic was Um, the expulsion of two out of three Tennessee state legislatures, State Representative Justin Jones and State Representative Justin Pearson. Both this week have been almost unanimously uh, reinstated, uh, and they will be heading back to the uh, Tennessee House. Yeah, and they both still have the resolve, still empowered, still ready to go and get work done for the people inspiration, fantastic uh, young brothers out there doing great work and truly representing the people. So continue to bring support them, um, encourage them, uh, lift them up because the road is not over. It's still not easy for them. Um, some of the stuff that they had shared that they hear in the chamber halls um, is completely despicable. Um, the second one that I wanted to share with y'all is um, the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, they are in session right now reviewing one of which uh, that I'm waiting anxiously on, and I'm sure thousands of borrowers are, is the student loan uh, debt uh, forgiveness that President Biden and his administration is trying to get past, but there's some frivolous lawsuits that are holding it up. Well, We should actually hear something um, by the end of June, but this case actually has to deal with for-profit schools. So the, this week, the U.S. Supreme Court decided not to hold $6 billion in student debt settlement, according to a article um, from Reuters. Uh, according to this article, the U.S. Supreme Court on Thursday refused to hold a legal settlement that would erase more than $6 billion in debt owed by former students of colleges, many of them for-profit institutions who have said they were misled by schools about academic and job prospects. The justices turned away a, res- a request from three colleges that are challenging a settlement, between the U.S. Education Department and borrowers that link the colleges to claims of substantial misconduct and an allegation they dispute, the three of the schools identified in the settlement—For-Profit School Education Services CORE, and American National University Inc. as well as nonprofit Everglades College Inc.—they challenged that they challenged the the agreement after it was approved by a federal judge in California last November, and around thirty-five hundred borrowers. Entitled to automatic nine loan discharge under the settlement, attended one of these three colleges. Now, this again is a separate decision of the case that is pending, and again, we should hear something by the end of June. Eileen Connor, who is a director of the litigation at the Project on Predatory Student Lending, a group that represents borrowers involved in this settlement, said that today's swift and decisive action from the highest court should end once and for all any ongoing debate about the legitimacy of this settlement. The message is clear: the rights of student borrowers will not falter, even in the face of well-funded, overblown political attacks masquerading as legal arguments. So, yeah, that is fantastic news for student borrowers there. Um, and to be quite honest, for somebody who, I'll say, I worked in the nonprofit educational space, uh, even those uh, things for an institution that was heavily tuition-driven, that the tactics that are used. Are very much predatory in really looking at getting students who are in underserved schooling to get those federal funds um, and state fund dollars. Like I, I, there's no other way to put it. It really is predatory, and that is somebody who was recruited and also was recruited by that school, but also was a recruiter for that school. And I just felt sick to my stomach after I left that institution. So I can only imagine. Um, Now, this is purely speculative, but I can only imagine some of the tactics and things that they did and perpetuated to recruit students, probably very much similar to um, different backgrounds. And oftentimes, these students are not even finishing their degrees, and even when they finish, they're not getting the the jobs or have the job prospects or even the preparation to get the jobs that they were told about. So this is good news. I'm really excited for them, and hopefully uh, the rest of us get ours. But that was uh, your highly, to- highly visible topics uh, for this week. Now on to our conversation with our guest. Yeah, I'm really excited to have Reggie. His government name is Reginald Hall III here with us. Um, he's also the inaugural intern um, for Highly Visible and A Little Disunderstood, who put in a shit ton of work um, <laughs> for the pod um, he's, over the last like six months since he's been interning with us um incredibly grateful just want to say that out in public i said it on linkedin on my post but i want to say it on the show uh that i'm just so thankful for uh so thankful for you reg um and you hopping on the show and being like honestly taking it seriously i don't know what i was expecting but you've like taken the taking your internship seriously even though you got it by nepotism so
1: (laughs) thanks thanks for having me man I've, i've been a fan and um I'm just grateful to be a part of something, man. I'm proud.
0: I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, it's, it's, it's dope that you're an actual fan of the show. Sometimes when people say that they're a fan of the show, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's very sweet.
1: Um, I don't know how to, t- I don't know how to take it. So it was the test if they can tell you something about the show, because anybody can just say I'm a fan of something. You go, oh yeah, but they can tell you and <laughs> cite their sources, like you know what I
0: mean. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, my favorite episode was at your mom. I didn't interview my mom. And they'll be like, "Uh, I'm like, I'm just playing. I did. I'm just joking. Um, mm-hmm. So that's so that's that's funny. That's dope. Um, well, Reg, um, obviously you're the intern. You actually were on the show. Probably, I think you were episode like two. Mm-hmm. Episode two or three. I can't remember. Um, I th- Go back and listen. I think it's like TV saved our childhood or something like that. Um but, like, a lot has happened um, over, and we recorded that, and, like, I think we recorded it at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. I can't remember when, um, but it's been a while.
1: It's been a while.
0: I feel you, like we were, we were Do you remember quarantine. when we recorded that? I feel like we were in quarantine. We had yeah. to have been in quarantine. You're right. Yeah, you, we you're right. I, I do not. Yeah, I I don't remember. I would have to look back and see. Um. Anyways, it's beside the point. Uh, but I I think it's only right that you give the people, you know, um, an update, uh, on how you're doing, what's been going on with you, um, hopes, dreams, all those things. But I would encourage folks to go back and listen to that episode, but yeah, just go ahead and give the update to the people.
1: Oh man. Uh, really just being grateful, man. Um, so much has happened since then, just in my personal life. Um, but I'm just like. I'm really happy I'm in a good place right now. So, um man, I'm just focusing on uh kinda like, you know, this internship and trying to take advantage of uh any opportunities I can to contribute to anything. That's always just been a goal of mine mm. to contribute in uh in creative spaces. So um mm. yeah, I'm I'm just out here building my resume, man. Um you had mentioned
0: that you're like really grateful. What is like something that you're really grateful for right now? Um
1: stability mm, I, tell I me think, more uh, I had the kind of the privilege of being uh, stable for about relatively about like 18 years like mm. I, we moved of course, but it was nothing like you know being a military kid or anything like that and yeah. um, kind of literally right after probably that uh that first interview you know the story We moved goddamn six seven times in like eight months or something like that so yeah 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 i helped with almost all of those (laughs) you say that (laughs) is (laughs) gosh
0: i'll never forget on a maybe we'll tell the story about the couch on this show but that that couch was in absolutely absurd bro my absolutely absurd i know
1: you're gonna say the count oh my god bro never forget that but um yeah it's just i'm stable now and that's 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 part of why i'm just grateful
0: that's dope mm-hmm. i think i think uh stability is a, a really underrated feeling um definitely i yeah i, I think when i think back to yeah, just even living where we live right now. Like I I mean I've moved every single year since I graduated high school. And four of those were college, you know what I'm saying? Moving dorms, everything like that, doing temporary moving back home for the summer, coming back, getting my own apartment over the summer, moving back into the dorms, getting my own apartment, only being able to stay there for a year because, you know, roommates fluctuate, things change and happen. Um, and the longest I've stayed anywhere. Um, since high school, which is like you know, thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago now, is uh, no. What am I talking about? I graduated. Oh no, it is thirteen years ago. Gra- I graduated high school in two thousand ten. Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> uh, the the longest I've stayed is is here in Long Beach, and we. This is our third year living somewhere, and it honestly feels. It felt weird after the going into the second year, but now it feels like it feels normal. It feels like home. It, this actually feels like home. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, yeah. I know what it feels like for me, um, like stability. I'm curious for you, what does stability give you?
1: Um, man, that's a, that's a good question. Peace of mind is the, the obvious answer. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, for lack of a better term, yeah, just, just peace of mind. And that's mm-hmm. priceless. That is priceless. Yeah. It like, it makes yeah. everything that you're trying to do, like any goals that you have, it makes, it like really puts a, a permanent rug under your feet, you know, so mm-hmm. it won't, there's nothing that it can sweep the rug from underneath you when you have stability peace of
0: mind yeah i like that peace of mind i think when i when i hear that for me at least i'm not gonna speak for you but when i hear that as like safety um Mm -hmm. i feel like you know they're with like moving and jumping around and like not knowing what's next not knowing what's gonna happen for me i feel like there is gosh i just not knowing what is coming next and I think it might be a trauma response I'm not sure from like when we were growing up or just like different aspects of like at least when from what I remember growing up and stuff like that just like that not knowing like it just uh I just got used to it and I didn't I didn't realize that as I'm like moving every single year like the amount of stress and anxiety and pressure and fear that I'm having and like the scrambling and not having to scramble and be stable and have that peace and be safe and let my walls down and decorate. You know, I got like this, uh, my whole and my people can't people can't see it like listening, but this will be up on YouTube. But like, I direct, direct decorated my entire like right side of my wall, which is I've just I haven't done that since high school. Yeah, um, it's just it's another level of like safety. It's it's just it's really nice to like decorate and feel and make a place feel.
1: Like it's yours and it's home. So it there's creates safety like a, um, with that. Creates like a numbness to things, you know? Tell me more. Tell me more about that. <laughs> what is, what's what's there? Um, Denny, I know we got to move on from stuff, but like.
0: No, no. Hey, this is how it goes, bro. We going to get it. We going to get into it. it. It All of this connects to what we're talking about anyways.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah. It connects like a it, it well it makes a um makes a numbness to like like a kid when they move a lot like after a while you're like I don't need to really make friends like that I don't need to hang up on hang mm. up on the wall I don't need to make myself a home anywhere but it it, it helps you enjoy things a little bit better you know mm. like it's okay to, to make a friend every now and then. Okay, to be nice to people. Yeah. You know, you're going to be here for a while, so you might
0: yeah. as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to your neighbors. You
1: might as well. Uh, you know, wh- yeah,
0: that's that's a really good point, Reg, because I think that connect that resonates with me because, like, I think about, like, with the moving and the jumping around and, like, stuff like that, like, why would I make a friend? I'm going to lose them. Like, I'm not going to know you for very long. Mm-hmm. Why would I hang up with anything? Because I gotta- I'm going to have to pack it up in a, a little bit, so there's no point. It just feels like all of those responses are actually ways that we're like trying to protect ourselves, yeah. right? Protect ourselves from what? That, that feeling of disappointment. Um, heart, I mean, heartbreak if we lose like a really close friend or, you know, get involved with somebody or whatever. Or, um, There's like mm-hmm. we're trying to find little ways to protect ourselves and not allowing ourselves to get there. Yeah, what what are we doing to ourselves when we we don't have that stability? We don't have that place to call home or or feel safe or have that peace of mind. Exactly. And like even connecting with people—that's a really good point. It's like wow. not not allowing yourself to connect with folks because you might not be around for a while. As yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. All right. Well, that <laughs> that all that all uh, that all, I I I love that. Um, I think. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you you know, because we talked about this, that our topic is like black masculinity, right? And I think that there's a lot of things that come into play when we think about like those inter- the intersectional identities of, of black and masculine and there's all kinds of like societal things that put on us. And so like, even that dialogue that we have just now about like, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful for? Tell me more about that. What makes you feel safe? What peace of mind, all that stuff. It's so interesting that like, I don't think I would have even asked a question or even thought to think deeper about those probably about five or six years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like I would not have even asked that question because as I said earlier, like I was pretty unemotional, unemotionally available and to like leave room and space to ask those questions. There's like some, um, there's actually some really raw stuff there and emotion stuff there. Like we had talked about, like we feel fear or, or I said, excuse me. I said I felt a little fearful. Um, I talked about safety, even like Mm -hmm. me as a as a man talking about like feeling safe. You know, Uh, there's some societal things of like you know what makes you feel safe or what you what how you make yourself feel safe is like almost almost like this masculine over masculine or hyper masculine idea of like I'm going to fight to protect my space um, or create my space or whatever, and I think. I think the idea of stability creating safety and it having me feel that way, um, there's an honest part of me that, that, you know, it's interesting that I I think just connecting the points of black masculinity and masculinity in general, that I don't think that those ideas are too often tied together or even seen as they can be, or admitted by a lot of, a lot of folks who show up and say, you know, I'm a man, I'm a black man, blah, 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 blah. mm mm-hmm we've been told like a lot of stuff about like what masculinity is supposed to mean, what femininity is supposed to mean, what being black is supposed to mean, what being a black man is supposed to mean. Um, but in particular to just masculinity, like, what does it mean to you? When, when I ask you, Reg, what does masculinity mean to you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what would your, what would your response be?
1: Um, <laughs> I make it, I hate to make everything like a long winded answer or so complicated. I love long winded (laughs) answers. Yeah. Um, But I feel like (laughs) there's a westernized version of what masculinity is. Um, Or kind of we tailor it, tailor certain traits to be, uh, we put it inside of a box of masculinity. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really feel like we just, there's just human traits. And kind of society has taken these human traits and designated it to either femininity or masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, to me personally, I'm, I'm really kind of gender neutral on a lot of things from mm. like clothes, like emotional things or... Um, yeah, I, I, me personally, I like to subscribe to to gender neutrality on on a majority of things. Yeah, I leave that up to. Why do you think that? To, to, do that. What is masculinity?
0: Because
1: I don't have an answer. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a very nuanced answer of you, Reg. <laughs> I love I love that because, like, is there an answer to? Is there a true answer to that? Right, if we truly think about it um what is masculinity right Mm -hmm. i I think we need to ask the question is like what is what does it mean to be human right and like do you do these things do you not um that's yeah that's so and there are like energy right there's like these traits that you know people lean into Mm -hmm. that i think as we are within society um within our given culture whatever have you like lean towards whatever like side of that, right? Yeah. Protector, nurturer, those things, right? But like as a as a man, you know, if I become a father, like my natural response actually is to be nurturer. Like and nurturer throughout their lives, not just like whether it's a son, uh son, daughter, or you know, gender neutral, whatever have you, whatever gender they decide. <laughs> um like my number one goal is to like love my child no matter what. And I will always like my leaning is always to be a nurturer. You know what I'm saying? And that's completely okay. And that's a, a that's a part of who I am and that doesn't let, make me less or more masculine um, or less or more feminine. I think it makes me human. It makes my desire to like care and love for somebody. um, So, so real, which uh, that's just what, what comes to mind when I, when I, um,
1: when I hear when I heard you say that. You know, There's something that you said that I was like, go ahead. Oh, you know what I, I like to think of it like? Um the animal kingdom. is like it's it's so it's so diverse as far as so many different species on on gender. Um hmm. like some some species like it's uh, a female who goes out and hunts, and it's the man that stays, like the male. I mean, uh, that stays and nurtures the kid, and it's like, it's different from species to species, and like nobody, nobody cares. Like penguins.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that? yeah? Penguins. Penguins hold the egg. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah.
1: And that just that is yeah. exactly like kind of puts a fork in that whole that whole argument when it's it's different against i mean different when um different in thousands of species like it puts a, puts a whole like what is it what does this even matter what are we talking about
0: damn that's a
1: reggie that's such a
0: good goddamn point because it's like why do we feel the need to do that like there's really no there's no point to doing that mm-hmm. it's like if the if the point is to survive I don't even I don't even know if the point is to survive. I guess the point is to live, right? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we do the things that is necessary, regardless of what that role is, to do that goal, right? Is to to live, right? And so this idea that like even when we look at that, and there's like a question from some folks. It's like uncomfortable. I I re, actually I remember this. It's like why the hell is the male male penguin holding the egg? And it's like what? And then the, the question. In response to that, now that I would ask myself this question, is like why not? <laughs> like I mean, it really doesn't matter who's holding the egg. Like the the baby needs to survive. The baby needs to live, right? And so, like that's the that's the number one priority.
1: And um, make it even deeper. Like, yeah. go ask a penguin. You know what I mean? Yeah, yo flip. Like, <laughs> what is <laughs> that? You know what I mean? He doesn't. Yeah, it's something like passed on like that's deep down to a like genetic basis that he um genetic like genetically he was born to nurture this egg and he's technically Mm. biologically a male so like but that's a nurturing is a it's a female trait are we human ah thanks for
0: raising that because i think it's so interesting how much we could learn from like animals, and this even gets into this like hyper masculine, like toxic way of even thinking about like why man is on Earth, right? To dominate, to own, to take over, to conquer. When in actuality, like how we are going to survive, is like caring, caring for the planet, the people around us, and different things like that. Like not to conquer, and I think what exists within con- conquering, dominating different things like that is obviously a search for power, but there's like levels of like insecurity in there. There is like a lack of trust. There is, um, fear. Um, so many like emotions that are tied to the deep cores of who we are that, yeah, that I'm just, I'm just like, why do we need to do that? Like, why do we need to prescribe these things to, to certain activities or dress or names or whatever is a really, really good point. Um, and we're learning from animals. I, that's so interesting that you brought that up. that's That's a really, really good point. So one of my many passions as well. We go to the safari this Saturday. Oh, that's the Saturday. Yes. Sir. Oh, that's so dope. It's Reggie's birthday coming up, y'all. so you know, he's about to hit 23. man. Reg, okay, so why I think we touched on this a little bit, but like, I'll just ask it more specifically. Why do you think we need to add these like boxes? two different things whether it be masculine feminine gender neutral or gender queer whatever like why do you think we need to add these boxes
1: i have no idea <laughs> um it could be any number of reasons um, historically um, could have started with like religion that's a good one um I, i'm not I'm not always certain of why we have to put these boxes in. Yeah, that's, that's the first thing I think of. Maybe like something way older than any of us. It's definitely older than us. Because we
0: continue to like the cycle. We just continue the cycles, right? Until we mm-hmm. choose to break them. Because it's like, again, going back to your point, like they're, they're not necessarily necessary. We don't need to, we don't need them. Before I probably would have had an answer. I would have been like, oh, because people need to make sense of the world. Without the labels, the world still makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't. We don't need the label for for that to make sense, right? Like this sweater. Like if I were to get, I'm not gonna. Well, I guess I could give this to. Linz. Well, if I were to give this to like mom or like a you know or whatever, yeah. like you know, and she put this sweater on, it would still mean the same thing. It said, "Oh, for those who can't see the sweater, it's um, I'm about. It says I'm about I'm about making my ancestors proud, and it has the Pan African colors on here, but." It's like that this the sweater still makes sense, even though it's a quote unquote male sweater. But it could I mean in actuality it's still unisex. Like you could wear it, you can still wear it, it doesn't really mean anything. These boxes don't make the world easier to comprehend or make make the world make more sense. It's it really is to for others to exert power, honestly. And I think and I don't know if that's what you were hinting at when you said like faith or religion or um, yeah. Or governments or whatever, but like I think I think that's more so of what it is. And It's like I believe the world exists or should be this way, and therefore everybody else needs to do it. I e what you said earlier of like very European or Western idea. Yeah. Um, often you know when we think about that, it's like colon- uh, colonization, um, imperialism, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Which, as a side note, America is one of the biggest imperialists. Um, in history. But continue. My goodness. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just drop that there. <laughs> I, uh, you made me think of something um something else is like maybe like maybe sexuality as well, which is a whole hmm. other uh Pandora's box to open up. But um maybe it's because of sexuality that they are it's hmm. so important. But even that there's so much fluidity in the world with So many different species. So, yeah. Well, what does it matter to to us? You know. And even given a different culture, I I know
0: within the different native folks, there's like different identities. Um, I've heard of uh, the one that comes to mind is two spirited. That is not a generalized term that you can use. Um, shout out Dr. Black Deer. Great follow on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. But she posted a while ago of like, you know, people are trying to use. Uh two-spirited, which is mm-hmm. not necessarily genderqueer, but it's like the idea. Let me look it up. I'm just gonna look up two-spirited because I have a computer right in front of me. So why would I not? So two-spirit refers to a person who identifies as having both a masculine and a feminine spirit and is used by some Indigenous peoples to describe their sex- sexual identity. And so I would say like that is not an all-encompassing term for indigenous folks, again as a caveat, but like there are different cultures. That's just an example of one who embrace this idea of um, gender fluidity or existing in in both masculine and um, and feminine or whatever have you. But it's like, again, when we talk about even masculinity and femininity, they're gender constructs. Like these things, as you already outlined, it's like they are because some people said that they are not necessarily because they have to be. And therefore like, why do we need to have some kind of like standard there or, or hold people to that? Um, and we, I know we've leaned a lot on the masculinity part, and really like haven't even talked about the race aspects of this, which is a whole nother animal. Which is why I want to like talk about that, talk about that now, because there's all kinds of ways that we have even been socialized as black men, and it's really important that we put like the emphasis on like that black part, capital capital B. The understanding of like blackness by the outside by the outside world is like only viewed I would say predominantly viewed as entertainment and so and what I mean by that is like when people see like a black person and they haven't been around black people and when I say people I'm talking about white folks is like they have this idea of what they've seen um, they've seen the comedian they've seen the angry person um, they've seen you know whatever in media or um, in music or whatever and I think a lot of times like our identity is just diminished in such a way given in chattel slavery going into reconstruction era jim crow moving all throughout that there's just been this targeted effort to one paint us as like ravenous beasts who at any moment can snap and be angry right i.e. when folks label like oh i was fearing for my life you know police shootings we're going to cover that later on in the season um, or like, you know, barbecue Betty or anything like that. Like I'm terrified and it's like been weaponized against us. And so we're forced to, we're forced to police our emotions. We're, we're forced to be a certain way, remain calm, um, handle situations differently, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm curious, like, what have you, cause you have had a lot of run-ins with the police yourself and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, I don't want to open up any wounds <laughs> for you. But uh, but like. Yeah, what has been your experience just like when we lean into like your black identity more
1: so? Um, well, I like how you put that. Um, just for the record, I've, I haven't done any any crimes or anything like that. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The way I framed that was not... And you don't have to talk about all the, the things way... <laughs> you've done. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, the way i framed that I live in okay States. yeah i don't have to do any crimes to have run-ins with the police um
0: yes <laughs> yep that's that is very true that is very true i reggie is not you know a criminal he's not you know a warlord anything like that he is literally walking while black driving while black um car broken down while black that is that is what has happened. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. That's, I want to clarify that. That's, that was funny as hell.
1: Well, I'm sorry. What was the, what was the question again? Sorry. This had to (laughs) go.
0: No, yeah, that, I think that's important to clear it up. We talked a lot about masculinity, but like, I think in light of everything I outlined for blackness, like what has been your run-in as far as like how you are perceived when you show up
1: in your black body? Um, I mean, you know, like you, you touched on those experiences, um, that I've had, I think, um, really getting, getting used to kind of like, or kind of needing to shake my naiveness to being like a black Mm. man. Like I never really, Mm. um, want to think that that's the problem, you know, Mm. and like, realizing when I'm in certain situations like I'm not like it's it sounds bad but it's the truth like I'm not a person that's like broken down on the side of the road like I'm a black man that's broken down you know at the gas station or something so if I go up to people Mm. it's not gonna be like Mm. oh this person needs help if I go like excuse Mm. me it's gonna be like you know I mean like a no I don't have any money I was just gonna ask you for some jumper cables, like. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: or you? I got jumper cables. I just need to jump. You know, what I'm saying just two, it takes two minutes.
1: You don't even have to get out of your car. You know, it's, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I think mm. that's been something like since really since I started driving. So maybe it, it that shifted, um, like 17, 18, like mm. knowing that. This is just going to be life. Like now you're a black man. And yeah, people might be, people might be, they might feel a certain kind of way about you. To mm-hmm. put it nicely. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. No, <laughs>
0: it, it really, really did. I, I think it, and and then some, Um, I mean, I think a quote out of this, what I heard too, that is like, it's it's so I, I don't know if everybody's going to get the weight of that but like i hope that they do but like you'd said like you know i'm not um i'm not a human being broken down <laughs> i'm a black man i'm not a human being broken down on the side of the road my car's not you know asking for help i'm a black man asking for help and i think the this just the the cognitive dissonance and maybe that's not the right word but that's the word that comes up of people and oftentimes this is white folks, but it's not just white people that do this, that when we think about anti-blackness, it exists in every culture. Um, Global. From every other race. It's globally. It really is globally. And we're going to talk about that in our blackness theme. But um, but yeah, not to, at the same time, see this big black man. And I say big black man, because Reggie's six six four six six four and change, whatever. Um <laughs> And 200 and some odd pounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't need to get into it. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> I want people to
1: be like, but that's but that, the street Like, yeah, hey, you ain't so big. You ain't so tough. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be, um,
0: but like, that's, that's the thing It's like, it's that, that's the cognitive dissonance, but they don't see you're, a, they see a big black man, but they don't see a man. You know what I'm saying? They don't see a human being. And I think that that's it. They don't see a human being. Which that's that's weighty, Reg. That's that's hella weighty, and I think that that's the duality that as black men, well, as black, uh, masculine presenting, um, folks, as we show up and oc- occupy space, like we are not perceived as fully human. Mm-mm. Um, therefore, if we're not humans, uh, uh, we can't cry, uh, we can't be fearful, we can't, um. We can't show any other emotion besides what is acceptable to you, um, what you deem okay. And if you do that so often and you're you're shown that image so often that like it's very easy not to allow space for people to be um and exist wholly.
1: I feel like maybe mm-hmm. even take it a step further what's acceptable to everybody else. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, uh, one of these times that I, I, uh, I, I just, just played a game and I, uh, tore my meniscus in in the game and it was on the New Year's Eve and, um, man, I was so upset. Like I had a game I was really looking forward to that was coming up in like two or three weeks. And it was just something stupid that happened. I hurt myself, and I had to. Uh, my dad was out of town, so I had to uh, drive myself like back home. And then there was no food in the house, so I had to like drive to the store. And like, I cannot like mm-hmm. move my left leg. And so yeah, I go, I go and um get gas and. It's, Damn, shouldn't have been procrastinating on getting gas. This is why you just get gas when you can. <laughs> so I needed to get gas, my luck, and now I'm hurt. So I go to get gas, fill up my tank. No, I probably didn't fill up my tank. I was broke. I probably put like five in there, five, 10. <laughs> anyway, put down <gas laughs> on five. Um, go to start it up, dead. And like I was mm. saying about this the perfect example is um, I would go up to people and no, nah, no, nah, before I can even get any words out. And I just remember that was like the glass shattering moment to me. I remember being so hurt. Like everybody was really being mean to me. Mm. And like, I, I couldn't believe it. I think I, I got in the car and... I knew dad was out of state and there was absolutely mom was down the hill, nobody who was gonna come and help me. And I remember Mm. being in the car and I'm sitting there and I really start crying. And I'm not I'm Mm. not even um not even eighteen yet, I'm still seventeen. Um not that I have to preference (laughs) me me crying, but and I'm crying because I'm like, this is some bull. Like, all this stuff. I'm feeling all these emotions. This lady comes out. And she works at the gas station. And she sees me crying on the phone. And she looks at me and she's like, you got to move this car. I'm a toad. She didn't give a flying about nothing I had going on. Mm. Nothing. And... She was obviously, you know, like I don't think her English was that good, and so it's yeah, she didn't care about nothing I like had going on, and that really mm. that showed showed a lot to me, and that 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 stuck with me for years, even to this day afterwards. Mm. From the crying and <sighs> to the damn, no feeling kind of helpless that challenged everything about um kind of a masculinity any sort of masculinity i could think of and then throughout being black on that situation you know what i mean yeah. it's not too many people who want to who want to help so i mean that's 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 black masculinity as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. the experience yeah Damn, Reg, I'm so
0: sorry. I'm sorry that, that happened to you. That's what. No need to apologize about the long <laughs> just, story. I love long stories. Like to just cut to the chase, so, but yeah. No, I think everything you shared. I think it for folks who don't know, folks that don't get it, or even the folks that have experienced something similar, like it's just it's just validating, right? And for you to verbalize and share, like what happened to you in that moment, um, what that moment did to you. Um, uh, it's exactly the kind of things, uh, that we want to talk about or tear down the stereotypes that exist for us as black men to like openly share about that and not try and put some kind of bandaid on it about like, I was physically hurt and then I was emotionally hurt and I was in distress and still nobody helped me. And on top of all that, somebody just literally threw salt in the wound saying like, I will tow your car. And it's, and like where, we, like where you me, lived was not walkable. That's
1: not walkable. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. And like I said, that's even assumed. Like I ain't got it. Like I just put five dollars in my gas tank, bro. You don't tell my. Come yeah. on, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could, you, yeah, but it, yeah. it raises yeah. the question of like, if I had looked like something else, would those tears matter? Mm. Interesting, right? I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe she was just not. But
0: I think that's the constant thing for black folks um is that constant wondering. Yeah. Um and there's a sociological term in there, I can't remember it off top. Um but it's that's that's that additional weight that we have to hold um that white folks just don't have to concern themselves about. Or I'll say white white even white presenting or white passing folks don't have to worry about is like there. there's a certain station within society that gives them particular access and they're able to just be human
1: mm-hmm.
0: and be seen as human. And I think that's what we're trying to figure out. Um, that was a really powerful story, Rich. I don't think I knew all... Of, I knew those things in bits and parts. Mm-hmm. And I, But what I thought about those was that there were separate instances. So to know that all of that happened in the same like day or couple days that's like heartbreaking um, was all seriously full, so was sorry
1: All within not even 24 hours yet because it was the God night damn. before and in the morning the very next morning um, I mean what, what wound up happening how I got back uh, I didn't get told I called mom and I think, uh, I think she had to call a triple A for me to come and give me a jump yeah I was able to get home. For those who are wondering, I lived down the hill.
0: I was like two to to three hours away from Reg. So it's not like I could have just hopped about. I could have, but like, it's actually better that they called AAA because I I was not actually close to them. Reg, thanks so much for sharing so honestly and openly. Um, Mm -hmm. This has been like more than... Full transparency, y'all. Me and Reg tried to record this and it was a debacle. Uh, but this, uh, this was this was uh this was everything that I was hoping for the conversation to be and kind of the conversations to go. And so I'm glad that this was the very first one um for you to show up and give so much of yourself, um, speak so openly, honestly, and provide such a gosh, the perspective is just was just so eye-opening. I, I learned a lot and I hope folks who are listening took away. Um, some of the things that you shared and it really sits with them um, on your life experiences, how you're even viewing the world. And even at such a young age, right? Like I think my under, my growth happened later on um, in my mid to late 20s. And I think and it's happening earlier for you, which is like, you know, when you give yourself to exposure, when you, when you um, give space and room and lean into that empathy and compassion that are innately within us, right? That are just like beaten out of us, socialized out of us, policed out of us as Black men. Uh, but we do the work to like get that back Um, it can be impactful and we can learn a lot and contribute to the world and and speak truth to those who need to hear it and so we I recognize that you know I have privilege in the space where I can openly talk about these things because like I'm viewed a certain way when I show up Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's a certain level of responsibility for me because I'm seen and because I have uh, the ability to share these things to be able to speak truth Um, and so I just want to you know Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for everything that you gave today. I really do appreciate it.
1: Oh, man. Thanks for um, having a platform to help me get out of my comfort zone to help me grow, be able to share these things. Um, there's plenty more <laughs> where that came from. <laughs> I'm glad I can share one or two with you, if it helps.
0: Anyone. Yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely did. And to be honest reggie's gonna be i don't want to like reggie will be contributing throughout the 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 show he's the intern um i just don't like putting him on the spot he likes to have prep time but this is reggie's warning that like i will lean on him to share some thoughts or anything like that when we're on convos or whatnot all right bro bro well thanks again for coming through that is it thank y'all so much for tuning in we will be with y'all next week with another guest um and thank you so much for listening all right y'all till next time peace One more thing, y'all. Oh my gosh. So I'm gonna go ahead and put into the show description um, a GoFundMe. So this one's kind of personal. Um, goodness. So my mom recently got married, um, and her husband actually um, he had a massive stroke. I mean, he he almost died about a year ago, and he's been recovering. Um, it's actually been remarkable. He was told that you know he's not supposed to walk again, and he's making miraculous, miraculous recovery. I actually, just saw a picture of him standing next to my mom, um, but they're actually going to be having a ceremony um, at the end of this year in November, and I'm actually officiating, and I'm so excited about it. But their uh, medical bills are exorbitant, um, and they, yeah, they just want to live a wonderful life. And so you've heard my mom on here; she's a wonderful, fantastic woman. Larry is awesome. I'm like just over the moon for my mom and Larry um, that they get to have um, a wedding at the end of the year. But those medical expenses are exorbitant. um, And so we'd love for y'all to support anything. Share the word. Again, that GoFundMe link is going to be in the show notes. So please, please, please support. doesn't matter how little or how much.
1: Please help out. Um, All right. That's for real, for real it. <laughs> Bye, y'all. See you next week.